When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey! <laughs> There's a horse in the opening now. Yeah, what is this, Mr. Ed? <laughs> I was trying to be Santa Claus, but then it turned out no. to be a horse. Yeah, <laughs> commit, Michael, commit. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. And with me always is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hey, Bryce. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Happy Year. New Happy Year. Hanukkah. Happy We're Happy right Hanukkah. in the middle of the holidays right yeah, now. I'm very festive. I'm so excited. I just had the best weekend uh, with uh, my best friend uh, who's in town, who you all will meet in just a moment. Yes. We saw Star Wars. Yeah, me too. Twice, and no um, spoilers here, but so satiated. God, I loved it so <laughs> I'm still high on much. it. Much. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so rich in symbolism, so yeah. wonderfully oh, executed. God, so good. So yep. good. Um, Go and see some it in cool the creatures. Some yes. cool creatures for you uh, cryptozoology fans. Totally. Um, Okay, so uh, right up top, I'm so excited. Um, it's the end of the year. Thank you so much for listening to all of our uh, listeners who've been uh, following us since our debut on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, next, this week is awesome because we have today's episode, and then on Friday we're going to release our first bonus episode, yeah. which is our listener files episode. I'm We've very got some about really that. great stories from our listeners. You guys have been writing in. We're so happy, uh, and keep doing that, please. Um, but so it's a little Christmas bonus for you guys this this week. You're probably home for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, I know when I'm home for the holidays, I like to sneak off and listen to a few podcasts. And yeah. you're traveling around. You might be in the car. So we wanted to give you a little extra extra gift uh, at the end of the year as a thank you for listening to the show. And then Seriously. next month, all through January. We're going to drop... 10,000 yeah, new 10, episodes. Yeah, 10,000 new episodes. Now, we've got uh, a bunch of the cast uh, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the show that I work on from the CW. Yep. It comes back from its mid-season break on, I believe, January 5th. This is so cool. Michael put together a great little run of guests, um, which I think you guys will love. And uh, it coincides perfectly with like the timing of uh, a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yeah. coming back, right? See how I did that? Gosh, so, uh, so we've already recorded a few of those episodes, so we know we've got some really, really good stuff coming up. Um, in particular, Donalyn Champlin's going to be a guest uh, oh, halfway through crazy. the month, and Holy she's cow. got some amazing, dropping amazing, bombs here over on the BCC um, stuff. So, ju- <laughs> I mean, like literally, she brought in some really, really cool stuff for all of you guys. So yeah. keep listening and spread the word. Can Thank I you say so it? Much. She brought in some EVP files. Yeah, of her own. I just said little it, tease. So. Let's do it. Wow. Um, anyway, without further ado, I would like to welcome this week's guest to the clubhouse. He is a very good friend of mine from my hometown of Kansas City. He's also a podcaster. He has a show called Talk of the Town where uh, he talks a lot about tacos. He's a filmmaker and an artist out of Kansas City. Uh, please put together your hands for 
my friend and yours, W. Dave Keith. Yeah. Hello. What's Hi, up? Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome. It's great to be here yeah, in the clubhouse. Man. I know. Um, so, Dave, what? I mean, I know a lot about your personal paranormal history because yes. I've shared some of it. Yep. Uh, but for the listeners at home who don't know you, uh, what's your personal paranormal history? I have a lot of paranormal history. Um, I mean, it goes back to elementary school. I mean, I, first off, I've always been fascinated by, you know, the weird. And uh, I think I found, I mean, at Morris Elementary, where we went to elementary school in, in Kansas, they had a great paranormal section for 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 young kids. That's amazing. And these books were detailed. They had pictures of Sasquatch, uh, ghost pictures, yep. um, UFO encounters, and they were the most amazing, colorful uh, books. And it just captured me from an Dave early Dave and age. I have known each other since the second grade. I love that. That's where it started for me too, right in that library. I, I, I remember renting out ghost books. That's yep. where it started for me. And There was a writer, I think his name was Daniel Cohen. Mm-hmm. Or Cohen. Uh, he had a bunch of ghost and cryptozoology books. And Dave and I used to like sit in the library and look through all these like books of free... It's like all that mystic, uh, the Time Life books that we've talked yeah. about here before. It's important literature. But just like those creepy illustrations. That was like when I was first exposed to a lot of this stuff, too. Yeah. And when you're a kid, that wild imagination is going yeah. bang, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, Dave, um, do you want to tell him about the purple guy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Me and Michael uh, perpetrated a paranormal hoax in the fifth grade. Oh, no. Well, first of all, I thought it was real. <laughs> oh, right. I think Dave Dave knew that it was <laughs> fake, but I did not. <laughs> well, uh, we had a... It was your birthday party, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was my... In fourth grade, we camped out in the woods next to my house, and in the morning, a bunch six of... six kids. Yeah, and in the morning, a couple of us, like, moved into the house because it was cold. It was October. And then we decided we were going to go wake up the other, like, like scare the other guys that slept in the tent and it smelled like <laughs> I remember that place smelled like Cheetos and Teddy Grahams. Oh no. <laughs> it was like and farts. I and love it was it. just like boy dumb kids, dumb boys. But um we saw a UFO that night. Oh well that's the thing. Yeah, really we, I legitimately yeah. saw a UFO that night. We had been so we had neighbors that lived two doors down from us that would always throw wild pool parties Mm -hmm. and it was october so it must have been pretty warm if we were camping out and they were throwing pool parties uh maybe it wasn't a pool party they were just throwing out a backyard party so we were you know this is the age when you would dress up as ninjas and hide in ditches from cars as they drove by have adventures in the woods oh yeah yeah. Yeah. so we were spying on our neighbors throwing a party and i looked up and saw a flash of white light shoot across the sky and land on the other like went over the the tree line near the woods and i was like guys 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 i saw a ufo and um and then the next morning we did you say you saw it land no well i saw it shoot over and then disappear over the skyline so if you're uh, everyone at home look up and then you see the bright Light go from your right eye over to your left eye and then disappear over the tree line. Mm. It was like a, I remember seeing like a pulse of white light yeah. right. land, almost like it was a, a meteor yeah. landing somewhere, but. That's wild. And that was the first time as a kid I had seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I kind of forgot. I mean, we were excited about it, but then we went home and played Metal Gear on the old school 8-bit Nintendo that I got. 
And my mom got us Nintendo uh, cereal for breakfast, which I thought was oh, which added to the smells great. and the tent. yeah, which oh, really didn't. You help. rock, mom. Yeah. <laughs> So the next morning, we got up to scare the other kids, and one of the boys said that he saw a man running in the woods, and we were like, what? And then over breakfast, over that Nintendo cereal, we were like, what if it's an alien? Totally. And so we ran with it and created this whole mythos about this guy being a purple alien. Oh, my God. And I saw him up on a... I told the kids that I saw him up on a tree branch throwing hedge apples at people, mm-hmm. at, at us. And uh, Michael said, oh, I chased him or he chased me. And right. all these kids, we split up and half the kids were with Michael and half were with me. And we... David uh, said that he saw it stuck sticking its head out of a bush and I believed him. <laughs> oh my god! And then gosh. It, he wouldn't tell me the truth. And then I, everyone got to go home, but I had to sleep in a bedroom next to those woods. And I was... I, you know, I believed that the purple guy was real. You're feeding apples to the skeptics out there. <laughs> who, you know, how many times do people see strange lights in the sky? Well, and that then the I next, definitely saw. Well, and then the next day, they're like, you know, they're going with it. They're running with these crazy they monster the story. stories. Yeah. yeah. So, so we have to sift through those ones. And uh, but that's really funny. And then uh, at school the next week, all the kids start talking about. Oh, I heard you guys saw an alien this weekend. So <laughs> we we. Just kept adding to the story. Yeah. Uh, we came up with the idea that the alien had um, taken over one of the girls in our class's uh, minds. Yeah, and then it we decided that it was infiltrating and, our school and right. that it hated the color red. Oh, my God. And one time we were watching like these helicopters fly around, and we thought that they were battling the UFO oh in the sky. God. This is all so amazing because as, I, as we've been doing this podcast, I've like... I've gone down this brand new rabbit hole now of like, you know, connecting all these interesting things and, you know, hearing these stories is like, one of my favorite ufologists is Jacques Vallée. He's been quoted as saying, hey, the real stories are with the people out there telling them and what they see. And and I think he's onto something, you know, it's so amazing how these stories influence society and, and, and what we see. Um, but which brings me to something amazing is you like to for those skeptics is how about a New York Times article um, that releases video footage of two F-18 Hornet jets chasing a UFO that is changing shape and outmaneuvering them at every step. How about that? Yeah, the Pentagon admitted that they had a black books operation. A right? bombshell was dropped in New York Times. And I, I mean, do you hear a ripple out in society? I mean, not really. No. No. So, yeah, it's amazing stuff. Uh, I, I sifted through the article, and yeah. And, you know, it connects a lot of interesting players. Like, I mean, I know we haven't talked a lot about, uh, we can't talk about some of the podcasts in the past, but there's some players you'll recognize, like Bob Bigelow and, and, where, oh, the, yeah. and where the money went. And But this is, you know, actual recognition in a, in a credible rag that says, hey, we're recognizing black ops money, funded money. And by this is for, by... For Sen- those of you who may not know, yes. uh, so... Uh, uh, we're we're recording this a few days ahead, but uh, over the weekend, uh, the New York Times released an article that basically uh, unveiled that the Pentagon had a UFO defense and research operation basically for a number of years. Yeah, they call it the uh, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, and the director of it was a guy named um, Louis Elizondo who said, yeah, it's still running. So uh, they're still getting case files, and uh, they're still exploring them. And then they go ahead and release some tantalizing video, like I said, that I mean, you know, dig your knives into that one, people, because that is spectacular stuff. Yeah. 
What was the video we watched this weekend with the... Um, oh, Bryce is going to talk about that yeah. uh, during uh, the High Strangers I had segment. never seen that before, and during my research, I, I saw that, and it is shot by the same guy I'm going to be talking about in today's story. And I wow. went, what the fuck? Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, very strange UFO taken out of Turkey um, of a revisiting UFO craft oh. uh, 10 years in the running, so every year they've captured this same craft. And this guy captured it on a 200-millimeter double-lens uh, photo camera. And when you look up, what is that a porthole? Is Wait, are those pilots? Are, are those alien greys? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what you see. Jeez. And they're moving. Yeah, and inside. they're moving. <laughs> and so this is taking in, in a five-year period where, one, you see it one year, and I believe it's like 98. Then you see it again in 2003. And I looked at the times. They're all around like 3 a.m., 5 a.m., same craft, and it was filmed in Chile at the same time. I mean, and not at the same time, but same uh, uh, different period photographer, of, yeah. same period of time, same flap. Um, and that's the and this guy captures a port view hole too, and you, wow. you zoom in on his camera, and you're going, "Oh my god, it's the same pilots." Their parents must be pissed, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to that, Dave, yeah. you're yes. from Kansas, yes, uh, and and. Uh, you and I both know. Uh, I've mentioned the uh, the Joplin spook lights on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the paranormal activity around uh, Kansas? We have some weird stuff. Um, we, me, and you try to take a paranormal road trip every year. Um, we we went to Roswell and we had a private tour. Um, of all the sites in Roswell. That's amazing. Yeah, we talked about this on uh, the episode zero. Yeah, that's right. I remember. And we went to Willow Creek, and we went to... Um, Area 51. Area 51, which was amazing. <laughs> you guys are like on the ground like investigators. I yeah, love it. Yeah, we've been to Sedona. We've been a That's bunch more of than places. I could say. I went to Loch Ness back in 2009 and went out actually on the lock on a boat. You're and kidding. It, no, it was great. It was a great experience. How did you feel? Did you, did you, you see know, or feel or hear or anything? Being out there on the water... You can. You this can, is the Loch Ness monster for our listeners, Nessie, uh, right. who's just as fabled as Bigfoot here in North America. But I mean, that area is very it's it's eerie. Um, the the captain of the ship uh, of the boat, uh, the little schooner we were on, uh, <laughs> he sounded just like Sean Connery. I mean, he had an amazing accent. <laughs> oh, that makes the experience so much better. And he's been doing he'd been doing uh, trips out there for a long time, over twenty years. And it's like Dave, he, sit back in your boat right there. <laughs> he was like, I've been doing this for twenty years. Oh no, I've only seen it once. Over <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, you come out here every day, probably five times a day, and you've only seen it That'd one right. time in twenty plus Those years. Those are bad That'd numbers. Came yeah. up from the lock, right? But I've been <laughs> and I kissed it right on the lips. <laughs> Given tours for twenty years now. Those are that's a terrible show. I know. So I sounded more like an Irishman. Butchered it. Go ahead. It's and he amazing, he had though. a photo of it. Um, he said, if you look on the back door. It's the picture of the time I saw Nessie. And he had a black and white picture. Um, it was like really it's like bad. him high-fiving <laughs> Nessie off the boat. It's not that famous one of Nessie, right? Because there's like a pretty no, famous one. You see, Sometimes like every six months you'll see a, uh, with all the new um, you know cameras on your phones now, yeah. um, people have been capturing footage more and more. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it's always just... 
Well, the humps and never the head. You know, they say we've explored more surface area of the moon than we have the depths of our ocean floors, you know? So yeah. for the skeptics out there, they didn't believe the giant squid was roaming our ocean depths about 15 years ago, but yet there they are. I think it was less are. than that. I think the yeah. first uh, photograph came out like five or six years ago. Yeah, but they're on our lab tables now, so... And before that, it was just a kraken. It was the fabled <laughs> kraken. Right. So did you... Uh, uh, so what, what, what was the result of that uh, trip? Um, on the on the lock. I mean, it was a beautiful vacation, but <laughs> I, I did not encounter Nessie. I was bummed. I looked. I mean, I took tons of pictures. Didn't see any humps or tails or legs or heads. You know what's so important though is like, and some of the big footers I've talked to, and like, oh my god, that's so crazy saying that, but. The most important thing that happens is that is you're out in nature and you're and you're getting out there and you're you know exploring mystery, which is which is what we need to do more. I think more of us need to be taking mm -hmm. those trips. And even if you're like you know, it's like you say to grandma, "What are you doing out there in the woods?" Hey, hey, I'm out in the woods. You know, I might be <laughs> looking for a hairy creature, but I'm out in the woods. You know. <laughs> well, uh, Kansas wise, Kansas has uh, supposedly the most haunted town yeah. in America, Atchison, Kansas. And it's it's a very eerie town. Uh, you go up there and everyone has haunting stories. Um, the Sally House is mm. up there, which is always on those ghost adventure shows. Yeah, I've been there. My sister and I went there. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted houses Old in America. Old turn of the century house. Mm -hmm. um, the ghost there is a little girl named Sally that scratches people's arms weird yeah uh, people don't even live there anymore let me ask you do you think it's all related like the the ghosts and the ufos and the bigfoot i mean where do you stand on that kind of stuff like i mean i know you you know are interested in a lot of these cases uh, i mean they're i think they're all different um i mean bigfoot i have a book that i've been reading called the life and times of a legend uh bigfoot and it kind of demystifies all the Bigfoot stories and Yeti stories. Mm -hmm. um, I made a movie called Cry of the Sasquatch. Oh, no way. Independent film. Um, Where can we find that? I, I, it's, it is on VHS oh. <laughs> in my parents' basement. We're going to get that to our listeners. Uh, in that movie, I made Bigfoot an uh, interdimensional uh, alien. Oh, I love that. That was left here by his parents. Yeah. Kind of like a Superman story, they, and they came back to get him. Oh, that's great. So that's what Bigfoot is in my story. Um, Has your views changed? I, I don't. Yeah, that book actually. You, which you've you kind should, of turned. You you've turned to. on. Uh, show, show him the book. You've, you've mentioned this to me before, too, and you kind of started to turn on the Bigfoot myth a lot. I used to be a real big believer. I do believe that there was some sort of wild man up there probably 100 plus years ago, but I'm not sure if there is anymore. Sure. Um, you and a lot of other people. Yeah. But this book, you should definitely- What's it called? It's called uh, Life and Times of a Legend Bigfoot. And who's the author? Uh, Joshua Blue, B-U-H-S, Blue Boos, Blue Great. Bus. Mm -hmm. um, but well, he, he, he approaches it from a- uh, pop it's, culture standpoint. It's like a library yeah. book, too. It's, like, it's got the library code in the book. Dude, this oh, is old Dave, school. This Dave is great. still goes to the library. I mean, Dude, that is as so everybody awesome. should. As everybody should, right? I mean, gosh, 
I don't want to talk about it. So this one is more of a pop culture approach. It's like talking about it as a pop culture phenomenon. It's amazing. And it tackles the Yeti too. Yeah. um, yeah. Which I know you're a big Yeti fan. I'm a big fan of all of it. I I, I like every little thing that's strange or weird or. And Dave, uh, so this, this book basically says that like, uh, this was all a a phenomenon that they capitalized on to, to build an industry around tourism. And it was the fifties and, um, the Obama, Abominable, abominable snowman came out and everyone just kind of yep. it, it became shit. a pulp, uh, pop culture phenomenon yep. and there were you know expeditions to the Himalayas and it just became this mysterious um just fun thing to yeah. report on for newspapers and um they they never came back with any good evidence they had some um you know some of the tracks but they they actually it, it's just a big miscommunication no with, i mean and listen what dave's talking about is like the eric shipton photo i believe that is his name but it's it's it looks like a yeti footprint and from there hysteria happened yeah. and it and it translated right into northern california into willow creek because you know there were some people fooling around with fake tracks oh yeah for sure um which really you know, and if you look at every great case, you know, there's always just that little perfect amount of disinformation or distruth to to splash in there to really like, you know, seal it is never solvable. But um, I lost my point as I often do. Uh, <laughs> it's becoming a standard part of our podcast yeah. is that Bryce trailing off and then forgetting you know what happens. I never like get Dad to talk about sitting the, in his chair. It's true. Gathering I, the kids around and then just for, flaking out on what he was going to say. I never get to talk about this stuff. So I think it like bubbles up and then as it like spews out. But it's funny because then I'll listen back as we're editing the episodes or putting it together and I'll be like, oh, I know where he was going with that. But at you the do, time, now, now, but time. now, no. sometimes. So, yes. uh, so yeah, so Dave, big, big paranormal fan. And then also uh, real quick, two things I want to mention from Kansas. There's Stoll, Kansas. You want to talk about Stoll, Kansas? Yeah, Stoll, Kansas. Have you heard of Stoll? Before? I have not, no. <clears throat> it's considered to be well the legend is is that it's one of the seven gateways to hell oh my gosh great it's an old i mean it's a tiny town it's about um seven miles outside of lawrence kansas and it's probably i'd say only about 10 people live there it's a, i mean it's a, really little it's like a little church there's a, a church and, like and a, a garage i know and small like that's three or small four houses and was it did it used to be called skull or is that that's in? just a legend okay. um most of most of the legends started in the early 70s, and I think it was more of a fraternity prank type mm. thing, but it's kind of grown since then, and the legend has grown. Um, there's an, there was an old church on top of the hill in the, in the cemetery, right on the, the main highway through town, and if you the, the roof was off the church. It was really creepy looking um, at night, and it just kind of grew from there. You go up to the top of the hill, and the legend is, is that if you went into the church and threw a glass bottle onto the wall, the glass bottle wouldn't break. Mm. And on certain nights, twice a year, uh, the devil would appear at St- in the cemetery at Stoll, Kansas. One was Halloween, and the other was the um, spring equinox. Right. And so the legend started. Everyone started going there on Halloween and trying to break the bottle or watch the bottles bounce off the wall and yeah. then watch the gateway to hell Testing open up. the spirits. <laughs> and... And then also the legend is that if it rains, yeah, the rain does not fall within the church. Wow, within the church has no roof on it. Yeah, um, and this is an old creepy stone church with no roof and just graffiti everywhere and a lot of broken bottles. So 
I guess the legend isn't true that the box <laughs> right. And then there's <laughs> and then there's Gravity Hill. Oh yeah, Gravity Hill. Which uh, you took me to once. Tell them about Gravity Hill. Gravity Hill is this weird. Um, it might be an optical illusion, but uh, the legend is is that uh, a bus full of school children uh, died. This is like this country road out <laughs> right. this is way out in the country. Oh no! Um, died in some accident. Right. Even though there's no train tracks, but I guess it, they were hit by a train. Right um, near where Gravity Hill is. But um, you take your car down this hill. And you park your car at the bottom of the hill, and put it in neutral. Put it in neutral, and you'll, your your car will start being pulled back up the hill. Oh gosh! Backwards, and it's more fun to do backwards because if I guess the legend is you just have to park it backwards. So you get pulled backwards up the hill, and you pick up speed going up the yeah, hill. Yeah, you it's get going really so weird. fast that you have to hit the brakes. Right. And the 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 legend is if you put baby powder on your bumper, you'll get out and you'll see the little children's hands are pushing you. Oh my god! Yeah. You said you did that, or you? Oh, yeah, tried yeah, that? it works. All we the didn't time. do the baby powder, but we didn't do the baby powder. Thing. It took me. I mean, you pick up speed, and you go backwards. You're not I mean, kidding. It's not a super steep hill. It's not like you're like. It's not a hill you would like sled down, yeah. but it's an upward grade, and you go Why backwards. Why did you leave the... out the baby powder? I well, I don't know. It's always <laughs> like a, a last minute thing you do in the summertime. Like, hey man, let's go down to Gravity Hill. Oh, that's great. You that's... got any baby powder? No. Nah. Nope. Okay, we, let's go. <laughs> and we also learned about a new cryptid this summer: the Ridge Runner. Tell them about the Ridge it's, Runner. It's a weird area. It's out where Gravity Hill is. I guess there's this. Uh, it's a it's a uh, Bigfoot type creature. I thought it was a cat. Oh, man. it's a it's a cross between like a cat and Bigfoot. What? And they call it the Ridge Runner. The Ridge Runner. And he's yeah. got a good name. And what does he do? He runs on ridges. <laughs> but doesn't he claw people's cars? People up? said he claws on claws up cars. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the Lizard Man in right. uh, Bishopville, South Carolina. Um, he just attacks cars and strange. Yeah. And he claws these cars, and so I bet people are taking photographs and stuff. I mean. I just found out about this this summer, and I've lived in the area my whole life. So, But then the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's right out by Gravity Hill. The Ridge Runner's out there. Yeah. It's like, man. And, you know, hey, listen, for our listeners, you know, as I'm, I'm sure you haven't heard, or you have heard, but there is a lot of strangeness around these incidences and stories, and even the historical ones. And, you know, and it shies a lot of people away of, of thinking outside the box, but I think, you know, people need to bring more of these yeah, tales well, the into thing the that, field, yeah, into the, their scope. And the thing that I love about it is wherever you live, there are stories like this. Yeah. So, like, Dave is awesome. I mean, I think Dave's just got a really appreciation for the area that we grew up in. Yeah. But if you get out there, you'll find yeah. all of these weird little local legends and stories. And sure. every town has them. So if you're at home and you're listening to this, you're bored, get out and go explore and go yeah. see the little place. That's that's why I always love hanging out with Davis. He always kind of gets me out of uh, the 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 you know the usual rut of when I go to visit home and we'll go do something different. Sure, see well, there's, cool areas. there's a history here, you know, There's the, that's longer than us, you know. So, so. Dave, Bigfoot. You you're you're more of a skeptic than a believer now. Yeah. Uh, UFOs. I mean, when we went up to Willow Creek, I was really hoping to have a sighting, and we didn't see anything, so I was kind of yeah. bummed. But uh, um, UFOs, I'm a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer in every. <clears throat> I'm a believer in most all ghosts, paranormal, and conspiracy theories. So. <laughs> right, and right. Ghosts? 
Ghosts, yes. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we will be back uh, in just a moment, and when we come back, it'll be time for High Strangeness. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this one. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode. Everybody is so fucking silent. We just watched uh, a video, and towards the end of my segment, I'll I'll tell you what to watch, what to look for, but uh, everybody's pretty blown away here. And you should be. You should be. This shit is real, and I can't wait to tell you you my story of high strangeness for the week. Great. Hit us. Not hard. This is the story. Hit us soft. Of Roger Lear. Dr. Roger Lear. And uh, he's out of Thousand Oaks, California. He is a foot doctor. Let me, he's one of the (laughs) very, I knew a foot doctor, Uh, so I. Not the best way to start a story. You know what, though? I knew. For credibility. I mean, look, foot doctors work hard. Let me tell you something. We are a Bigfoot podcast, technically. This one goes out to my buddy. So we have respect. Dr. Bill. For podiatry. R.I.P. God rest his soul. He was a foot doctor. And, but let's, let me tell you something. He was an amazing man. Anyway, Roger Lear was one of the very few individuals to perform. He's the foot doctor. Yes. Dr. Lear. Yes. Okay. Roger Lear was Boy, one of the Bryce very few annoyed. individuals to perform surgical operations on supposed alien abductees, in which he believed the results constituted scientific proof of non-terrestrial experimentation on man. So you want photos, you get them. You want videos, we give them to you. Now, how about what about little implants from people say, hey man? I was taken up in a beam, and they put something in my toe. Can you get it out? <laughs> and this guy's going, what are you, fucking crazy? But then they show him x-rays. Um, let, me, let me break into the story. So this is Dr. Roger Lear, and for 20 years he's been practicing the art of podiatry, which is um, f- a surgical foot practice, and that's intense work. Anyway, he was also a big fan of the paranormal and phenomenon. So one year he goes to his local MUFON chapter, you know, and... You know, a lady brings him, she finds out he's a foot doctor, and she says, I've been abducted, I have x-rays, would you look at them? He's okay. And there, and, and in these x-rays are a little little piece, and he's like, well, a yeah, there's metal a little something, an something. object, an object. And he says, well, I, yeah, I can get that out. So let me fast forward. He schedules in 1995, he schedules two surgeries. And he takes these objects out of these two people, both metallic in nature, and he submits them to laboratory testing all over the United States, starting at New Mexico's Institute of Mining and Technology. You know, it kind of produced tentative results, but something did pop out in those results, and that was one of the compositions showed meteors in the laboratory, right? And so... Wait, what? Yeah, so the sign, the trace signs of meteoric uh, elements... Metal. Not just metal, but meteoric like metal. Okay. Metal that doesn't come from our galaxy. Okay. Okay? Um, basically... Uh, See, because when I hear implants, yeah. it always makes me think of X-Files when Scully had an implant, and it was more like a little metal chip. No, this thing looks like a little grain of rice. There's two types. So he did 17 surgeries. They're I see you have really questions. Small. They're always small. I yeah, it's like the grain of rice. Yeah. He found two types. One was like metallic and, and like the size of the grain of rice. One was like a ball, like a like yeah. a watermelon seed ball. And these all like, what happens is your skin formulates around these things, forms a protective pod, which, you know, stops it from in 
inflammation and pain and stuff like that. But um, wasn't one in an ear? Yeah, one was in yeah. an ear. That's right. They find them in ears and nose and toes and thighs, and mostly on the left side for the the metallic one, which is which refuted mine because I have cyst on my right leg. I was like, oh fuck, and uh, but it's on the right side. I'm still a little weir- um, weird about that one. Anyway, um, so. The composition of meteors in the final laboratory report convinced Dr. Lear they had to be extraterrestrial in origin, right? Lear remained adamant that the implants could not have entered the body by conventional means since there was no visible scar formation and no interruption of the integrity of the skin. Now, Lear testified at the United Nations General Assembly in its campaign to back a world conference assessing the evidence for non-terrestrial influences upon the human race. We should do a whole podcast on that one. But anyway, so he does 17 surgeries. He removes objects from the alleged alien abductees. Only one was an actual just glass shard. The rest were fucking crazy, man. And he sends these all over to labs, uh, talking about uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico Tech, University of Toronto, New York, Southwest Laboratories, SEAL Laboratories here in California. Basically, the discoveries, you know, have been pretty earth-shattering and his case is that they prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that these objects are of non-terrestrial origin and have been placed in humans all over the world by advanced species for reasons that we still do not understand. So these discoveries are like unidentifiable yeah. elements? Yes. Or- well, so yeah, let's talk about the science behind it, right? So I just watched a document on that was released on iTunes about Dr. Lear called Patient 17. Now, Dr. Robert Lear is no longer with us. He passed away a few years ago. Right after the making of the film, he was not able to see the results and results of Patient 17's analysis. But let me tell you is something. Patient 17 like Animal 57, the rumored genetic creation no. where Kentucky Fried Chicken patient got seven, chicken no. from? No, <laughs> Patient 17 is a normal dude from Texas at about six foot five who's a Christian who says... I don't want this. I want this fucking out of me. I just want to get back to my life. I believe I've had alien abductions when I was a kid, and he goes down a, a, a hole that he does not enjoy. When you, did you bring up Christian because he thought that well, these were de- the, demonic entities, or no, it breaks because, his well because frame of reference? His his philosophy was if they find this to be of non-terrestrial, or if they find weird metals, you know, weird iron isotopes. Um, then that kind of breaks my paradigm of what I've been taught as a kid, what I believe, you know? Um, so he's just, a, what I want to preface is this guy, a normal guy. This is a, 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 a rancher, a guy, is, you know, a big man who's just like, his word is his bond. These are the people, you know? Was he abducted? Yes. Oh, yes. The stories go into it. And listen, you know, so they, MUFON ran a case after this where one of their lead investigators, um, after he had passed away, they did follow-ups after some of the surgery items were removed. And um, her name is, anyway, but she does investigations. She finds, they all have something in common, UFO abduction stories. And uh, and they find that through, de- you know, hypnosis regression, but also. You find her name. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. It's oh. your story. Flip through your notes, yeah. Bryce. Get, I, get her my name. My God, I got like a 12. I tell my family, I'm like, I feel like I'm like doing like kid reports. Like you're every like, week, Bill, I like, I've got like, stuff to like, like do. It's ridiculous. We can't give daddy mashed potatoes anymore because he builds towers. I know. I know. Oh my God. You're not kidding. E. Francis Lorgan, an author and researcher and consultant at Anomalous Trauma. She interviewed five persons on the subjected surgeries and she found that all persons, one male, four females shared one thing in common, UFO encounters in contact with non-human alien beings. And that's in a MUFON journal out of November 98. So this is crazy shit, man. You know? Oh, and we were talking about this earlier. 
because it led me down this hole, but too. Hillary Evans, uh, I'm going to look more into him. Paranormal investigator Hillary Evans concluded that the key to explaining mysterious events lay with the person undergoing those events rather than with some outside force. Hmm. So listen to your local abductee. Yeah, so listen to these stories that like Dave is telling and stuff, and then watch those videos that the Department of Defense releases where two F-18 Hornets are chasing a UFO while it's shape-shifting and outmaneuvering them. (laughs) Listen and watch both. So, uh, Dr. Lear, yes. uh, so he took all this stuff out of people's feet, and he's like, something's going on here. So he becomes a big advocate for uh, extraterrestrial well, visitation. Yeah. And he's a, he's a prominent ufologist as well. He used and, to be on um, Coast to Coast yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, he yeah. became pretty quite prominent in the field. I mean, of course, no, all the scientists, you know, they all... They all wrote it off as kind of junk science, you know, like so, the lab test results were uh, were, were, were skewed or, or, or thwarted or hoaxed or whatever. This but. sounds a lot like the film King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, when um, Billy Mitchell's uh, Donkey Kong record was beaten by Steve Wiebe, and then all the nerds who were uh, friends of Billy Mitchell and wanted to protect his record decided that Steve Wiebe's uh, machine... Donkey Kong machine was actually buggy, and so they said the wins didn't really count. So because it was all the yeah. science was wrong in right. it. So it's, this sounds like bull. I mean, I'm just saying. Come on, yeah. Let's take a closer look at these. Uh, oh these well, implants. yeah, no, absolutely. Well, they have it. Listen, the 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 pictures are out there on the internet, and and what they found. Let me. He interviewed. Let, let's focus on the documentary that's out on iTunes right now, and it was Patient led, Seventeen. Patient Seventeen is by a film filmmaker named Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer Corbell. No, right now, this is a great documentary. Now you can kind of see for yourself and 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 judge for yourself what they reveal, and 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 with with some of the scientists they deal with, they when they when they isolate the elements out of these implants. First of all. They all have so many metal- metallurgical properties in common. Let's talk about that if you want to get into that. Some I would love things, to get into it. First of all, some of the things they... That's why I started this clubhouse. Yeah. Well, they noticed a metallic phase where inorganic material becomes biological tissue. Sound like something out of nanotechnology? Listen, this guy was saying, these are nanotubes, right? 20 years ago, that stuff don't exist. Today, nanotubes are one of our strongest components in space exploration. We're using them now. Well, what did he think the purpose of these implants are they tracking devices or are they to you know your guess was help? as good as his scully, but, scully when they took it out of scully she got cancer yeah, you know let me let me let were me, they having health problems you know a week before like these things were about to be removed there was a lot of activity in the patients and stuff like that but no no pain no like and there's no real like vivid memory of like oh i can a waking memory yeah. right a lot of these people had to be regressed but that being said, it was those cases brought to him that were the best saying, I need you to look at this patient. I just got her testimony. It's out of this world. Literally, she says she has an implant. You should see it. He does it. Listen, three separate camera crews filmed his surgeries. Yeah. He was like, please, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'd love for you to to document this as much as you can. Um, NBC did one. Um, there was a, This guy does a, uh, his his movie and stuff, but... When they, when they, when they eliminate some of what the things of this can't be, and when they start to reveal some of the properties of like these unearthly irons, and they do this with amazing testing, you know, you start to go, what the fuck is this thing, man? And in context, it's not a wood shard, it's not a piece of glass, it's not like you know, the, the, when you put it into context of story, and you watch the Department of Defense video, these things are real. You start to go, what the fuck? Right. 
So we just watched a video with uh, Lear before uh, when we were in the break. Oh yeah, right. And what is this video? Can you? Can, what so was holy that? shit, right? So I'm researching Doctor Lear, uh, the foot doctor, and you know I knew he was a, a prominent ufologist. He did a great story out of Brazil. He wrote a book on it. It's basically Brazil's Roswell. Um, but I, I as I'm, I find a YouTube video where I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, and it's like UFO vo- video shot by Doctor Lear out of Turkey over the Sea of Marmara. It was the third sighting that he was behind the camera of. This had taken place a year before and the year prior, right in the middle of the night, around three to five a.m. This was in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand and seven. Now this is a triangular shaped craft, like a saucer, and what these cameras find are portholes with fucking pilots, man. And you look in there, they zoom in, and it looks like, I mean, I know I'm going to sound crazy, but it looks like Alien Grace. Dude, we all just watched it. Yeah. Riley's nodding his head. Dave's yeah. nodding his head. We all watched it. We're going to put that video on our Facebook page. Well, listen, this is out of Turkey. They don't have the the juvenile taboo that we do here in America about UFOs and stuff like that. So they sent it to their best investigators and stuff like that. They've all looked at it. They're all like convinced this is otherworldly. Um, there looks like pilots flying the crap. There's a guy that took video out of Chile 28 minutes later. He gets video too, where you can zoom in on the portholes. He's using a 200 millimeter camera with a double, um, with a double magnifier. Wow. Uh, so it's great. That, that, that talk about sharp really weird. And you can see the aliens inside moving around. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, you can see their nostrils. Yeah. yeah. So this is like, you know, I mean, I know we sound crazy here, but these are, these are, you know, it's funny because you like, so many people want want evidence, but then you give it to them. And I haven't heard anybody talking about the, the, the New York Times article over the Christmas parties we've been going to, but. <laughs> oh, they will. They're going <laughs> to fucking talk about it. It's time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bryce. That's yeah, really cool. And totally. go check out that video. We'll have it up on our Facebook Absolutely. page. And watch Patient 17. It's on iTunes yeah. now. Just released. Okay, so, great. Uh, yeah. When we come back, we're going to ask Dave, what the hell was what that? Was that day please what tell us the hell was that <laughs> hey club members it's michael here reminding you to please subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app we have some amazing guests in december we have paul f tompkins kevin kirkpatrick tim batt and guy montgomery jen kirkman and coming up in january we are going to have a month-long crazy ex-girlfriend the show i work on theme with the stars of the show so Please help our community grow by subscribing, rating, and spreading the word and sharing your favorite episodes. Thank you. Dave. What the hell was that? Well, I, um, what first, first things first, when you guys have the segment, what the hell was that? Sometimes I, I wish you had a wacky Sasquatch voicing. What the hell was that? Or something like that. Oh, here that. he is, trying to get on Pete Gardner's territory. Yeah. So maybe work that in the future. Sure, um, we'll see what we can okay. do. Sorry, I'm using my... Uh, my. Uh, this is your podcast? Oh, yeah. This is, a, this is a paranormal... I'd like to change this podcast into a paranormal taco podcast. <laughs> I had tacos last night. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, implants. Um, yeah. Me and Michael were talking yesterday about how there was the big abduction phenomenon in the mid-80s to early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then that gave way to implants, the uh, alien implants stories. And then that, and then next was kind of crop circles. It was kind of all at the same, kind right. of back to back to back. That was a big thing. And you don't really hear about implant um, or abductions anymore, mm-hmm. um, alien abductions, as much as you did back then. So I was kind of wondering... 
Are they still happening? Uh, yeah. What yeah. What led to all of those abductions That's a great and implants? Question. And, and if people are still having those implant well, surgeries now it, that Roger Lear is not around anymore. It's a great question. And I was on MUFON's website. And listen, their message boards are lighting up. They're like... Abductions? The, yeah. No, they're like, I have something in me too. Wow. I have x-rays. Now that Dr. Lear's gone, you know, he's kind of left a void, you know. But uh, listen... There was a there was a study, a controversial study that, and I and I would be remiss not to mention this, but it says three point seven million Americans have the indicator signs that they have felt that they believe in or might have been abducted by aliens. This is a controversial study. Um, it was done kind of just like I don't want to say half-assed, but the con- jumping to the conclusions became pretty half-assed, but. Um, you know, yeah, it's like, listen, there's a lot of people who, you know, are like missing time, missing part, you know, who have these experiences and you can't discount them as, as outlandish or foolish or that, or they're just crazy because, you know, they're not. It seems like it was reported a lot, a lot more back then. I just feel like it's not as popular as in vogue anymore. I Mm -hmm. think that this stuff is happening, but I think sometimes the culture picks up on, or the media picks up on. Uh, new and exciting stuff. And I feel like pe- probably this is one of those things where are like, oh, alien implants, all that stuff has played out. Yeah. It's now, you know, I remember when I was a kid, the only place I ever saw a picture of an alien gray was on the cover of Communion at B. Dalton at Oak Park Mall. Whitley Stryber's And that famed. shit scared me senseless. Yeah. And then I feel like there was that like sightings came out and X-Files and all that stuff through the 90s. And then we had big movies like Independence Day, which, you know, picked up on the Roswell mythology. Area 51. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Area 51. I think it's kind of played out. I mean, I feel like until... In terms of like the media wanting to not not necessarily film and TV fictional scripted stuff, but in terms of like the news covering this stuff, yeah, um, I mean it'll there'll, there'll always be a place for it, but I just don't think it's as um it's 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 it's, it's as in style. Well, right he now. had it's his little... yeah, of course, and he had his skeptics, and you guys bring up great points. These things seem to go through like their own evolutions. They yeah. they they come, they go, they. It's it's strange, you know. I mean, but you get one report out there saying no, there's nothing strange about the analysis of this, and that kind of topples twenty five reports that say, hey, we're picking up isotopic elements of iron here that cannot be found in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, what I'm saying by that means there's isotopic elements found in these implants that are not found in our Milky Way galaxy. Okay, so full stop. That is fascinating, and and I think that's clearly where the hook to this stuff is. It's all of that because if they can explain that it's some earthly metal yeah so but i wonder too here's the thing when i hear stories with people go i've got something in me too mm-hmm. there are a lot of hypochondriacs out there yeah there are a lot of people who think they're sick who aren't yeah um, and there are obviously a lot of people i'm not discrediting each and every one of these cases mm-hmm. but i think we have to th- consider that and then i think we also have to consider the possibility that we eat as a society so much crap yeah that some of this stuff, some of these chemicals that we that we eat mm-hmm. um, or breathe in in the air, some of that must, um, for lack of a better term, I know this is I'm probably using this word wrong, but some of that 
I feel like must calcify extraneous elements or, floating and, and, around and make deposits somewhere in the body. Chicken nuggets. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so some of this stuff might be like little Double that, double that, down from KFC. That yeah. I would buy, actually. You know what I mean? Buy. Yes, I don't I know. Do. So the, some of this might just be like the body trying to put away. Let's put some it into context now. Okay, now let's digest. put it into context, right? So here's a doctor who has says he's been removing alien implants that that are testing out of this world. Here's a doctor who shot footage of a video we all just watched that we're all just kind of like, what the, our minds are a little like, what the fuck was that, you know? So right. when you, I am when you, part of this podcast. I clearly believe this more oh, I than know. I am. I'm I, just trying to think skeptically. Absolutely. I totally get you. And it and you're so right. I mean, because they're... Listen, he had his skeptics and, and, and you know, and... Well, my, my whole thing is if we're guessing what the hell was that, I would say that's my skeptic belief. It's probably crap that um, we our body doesn't know how to store or use. But that doesn't explain meteoric elements found because... That's the, true. No, I'm saying here's, that the, here's, the, other, the other side is, what is it? Maybe they're tracking devices. That's what I was going to say. That, like we tag animals. I want to pick up on what you've been saying so much through the podcast is like, you've been pointing out how we tag animals, how we monitor them and and listen I'm I'm starting to think that that's probably not a cool thing to do some of my biggest and fears of and I'm sure alien abductees biggest fears are being tagged and monitored maybe there's a play there something happening but yeah I mean it's like of course if we do it why wouldn't they you know I yeah. often tell my kid look at those ant, look at that ant colony yeah do you think they're watching us we're watching them right now and if they now could- look up yeah. Do you think someone's watching us? Well, and also if the ants look <laughs> up, they don't know what if they they can see the bottom of a foot. Yeah. But they don't see what the foot is a part of yeah. this human being. That's yeah. they, their, their perspective can't even. So who knows? Put it into you know, and I I don't want to like jump to like uh, they're these tags are like they're scientific. Who knows? God, man. Maybe it's just a leftover from an operation. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that there's that Kinda too. Like absolutely, absolutely. They've done surgery or. But you know, a lot of these tests. cases, and I haven't read the book, so shame on me. But a lot of these cases, his one of okay, his. Okay, big... shut it down, <laughs> Riley. Stop recording. <laughs> Pack up these mics. I've listened to his conference and stuff but you know part of his big thing was, was there's no physical indications oh, of, yeah. of an entry wound yeah. or like you know and actually one of the ones that were watermelon seeds he said they all have the same kind of scoop scar like a cannamelon yeah. scoop, yeah. A I've scoop seen scar that. yeah and with it then then they found the watermelon seed one which is biological in nature and if you look into popular science and what we're doing with nanotechnology and fibrous materials it, it, it'll blow your mind so dave bottom line what do you think this is i'm going with the tracking theory I think it's either uh, they're tracking who they've abducted and had operations on, or they um, maybe it was a bad alien doctor and he accidentally left some of his equipment inside the person. <laughs> right, kind of what happens we can sometimes. Assume for malpractice. Yeah. yeah, that's not. I've never heard that. That's not bad. Um, yeah, I would. They agree can with- get all the way across <sighs> time and space. And maybe the reason there are no no um, marks except for the scoop on some, yeah. um, maybe. I mean, when I picture people being abducted, I picture um, weird, like, alien instruments coming in through the nose. Well, yeah. the, we've like already made so many strides in uh, non-invasive surgical. I mean, people get whole surgeries done using fiber optics yeah. through their nose and it's ears. It's incredible. So, and uh, a friend whose dad uh, actually pioneered a lot of this technology as a surgeon. And Was so, he a gray alien? He w- 
Now that you mention it, <laughs> he had some big <laughs> almond eyes. Yeah, almond shaped <laughs> eyes. Oh man! But uh, so there, there's, I mean that that's very very possible. They don't have to necessarily make an incision to get no. to, and, to get in there. And listen, Probably Mike, wouldn't. I so appreciate you playing the skeptic because this stuff needs it. And listen, Dave, I think I would have to tend to agree with you. I think these are physical items left in people that might not be of. Uh, a terrestrial origin, but I don't know what that means. I don't know how much of a part we play into what's happening around us. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you what, in the sixth grade, Dave and I took uh, a lid to a silver bowl that my mother had out on display on her dining and, room table. <laughs> and then we took it outside and threw it in the air and took photos of it and and then printed the photos and took them on the school bus oh, and told no. everyone that UFO flew over our house. I so love that it. that will put up too. This was before digital cameras. So you got to watch look really good. <laughs> you got to watch These out. look as good as any of Billy Myers stuff. Yeah, That's so you got to always watch out for the hoaxes. Okay, oh, when we come gosh. back, we're going to have our collector's corner. I can't wait. Hey guys, Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. What a couple little shits we were just perpetuating alien hoaxes in our cozy suburb of, of Overland Park, Kansas. Well, I wanted to jump in. You said throwing metallic stuff up in the air. Part of what blew me away in that New York Times article was a Senate Majority uh, Leader at the time, Harry Reid, said, we've got some amazing new stuff, Can um, some new metal allergies oh, that we've yeah. retrieved from, and this says Harry it in black Reed. and white ink, that we've retrieved from unidentified aerial phenomena, amazing. metal oh. alloys. May we please get double money? And they turned him down. But listen, let me tell you something. Robert Bigelow, the guys who who kind of handling all this stuff, and all that goes to NIDS, the, the National Institute of Discovery Sciences. Who you brought up, isn't NIDS what you brought up in yeah, the Skywalker yes, Ranch stuff? Yes, that's all? It, yes, that's all in this story. There's, yeah. there's a, a there's a guy from that. the Department of Defense who wanted to go to his ranch. Now, um, what I was going to... Bigelow's the guy who bought Skywalker, yes. and right? I want to say that 22... Guys, how crazy is that? Skywalker Ranch? Yeah. Wait, Skinwalker. <laughs> I got Star Wars on the brain. Right, totally. Hey, but is I'll... Robert Pattinson stopping by anytime soon? <laughs> I just want to, you know, $22 million is paltry to a, to a rogue billionaire who, uh, who has his own life. Go listen space. to our Skinwalker Ranch episode. <laughs> I think it's uh, episode three with yeah. Mary Holland. Yeah. We talk about this guy, Bigelow. He shows up in this, he's all over this article. Yeah, a lot of, uncovering a lot of new fun stuff for myself here. It's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did you have a point to make? No. Okay, good. I, I thought I threw you off the track that time. Dave, um, what do you collect? Uh, I've been a collector since a very young age. Of um, first started with action figures. This is why Dave not only and I got into paranormal stuff <laughs> together. We also became nerds together. Yep. Uh, first started with He Man, of course, Masters of the Universe. Oh man, had to have my mom buy me like every one of those figures, and soon that moved to GI Joe, a real American hero. Had a huge GI Joe collection. <sighs> had the. Uh, aircraft carrier in my bedroom. It was bigger than my bed as wow. a child. The elusive aircraft yeah, carrier. I got it the later. USS flag. Yes, I got it at a garage right. sale. That's amazing. But um, had a ton of GI Joes and then uh, comic books. Collected comic books. Um, have a huge comic book collection. 
but I also collect um, anything. Oh, dude, don't forget your garbage pail kids. Uh, garbage oh, pail wow. kids. This kid had them all. Did you keep them in like a binder, like the Turner? Did you stick them? I, I didn't. Them? I didn't. I you would always them keep them in a drawer. stack. Oh yeah. You kept them in your sock drawer. In a I long like stack. rubber banded them in this stack. Oh, I didn't really great. even keep them. I got the, nice. a couple of those for my kids. Actually, the garbage pail. They're back. Yeah, they out, came back so, out. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, we it, collected the same stuff, man. I, I, I almost brought my, I took that. You would love my attic box of toys. I almost brought my old He-Man stuff, but I, I threw it down for my, for my son. Every now and then I'll make an attic drop and it's just like a Ziploc <laughs> bag that falls from the attic. And he's like, holy shit, He-Man Skeletor Shira, what? And I'm just like, yep. <laughs> you know, but, oh man. Um, and yeah, I, I collect paranormal stuff too. I have a, have a little, um, What'd you bring you know, for us today? Paranormal David? collection. I'm yeah, today's the first time one of something? our guests brought something. I did. I uh, I have a lot of Bigfoot stuff. I have. I brought a Bigfoot <laughs> right figurine. Place. Holy cow! From I saw. this is from Willow Creek, or at least um, outside of Willow Creek. Wow! From one of those Bigfoot shops. He looks like Chaka from Land of the Lost. He, <laughs> he really does. This is amazing. So there's like a four inch little um, statuette on a on a wooden pedestal. It says Bigfoot. It's, so, it's kind of like the one Bryce has, but it's. Um, why'd they space the spelling? of Bigfoot it's one word this is when it first when uh, they first came out with his name it was separated mm. and then a newspaper guy said ah it looks better if you smush them together and you make it a lowercase f well there's so a, it was a newspaper guy that is beautiful so, wow I love that part of the story That's the first amazing. original drawings of Bigfoot he looked kind of just like uh, Popeye or a goofy cartoon yeah. uh, human but with just giant feet he wasn't a furry creature so Sasquatch was an entirely separate character than bigfoot yeah and then uh people came along and kind of combined the legends yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah i have a lot of bigfoot stuff um have loch ness stuff i I have a huge collection of paranormal books and bigfoot books and well it has uh, been an honor to have you here today i know uh, michael always talks about you i feel like i'm sitting in your seat sometimes (laughs) uh but it's uh, definitely uh, an honor and a privilege i uh before we have to go or uh, i have something uh for you guys as well that i brought oh really I did. Now, guys, in the spirit of the season, I brought Bryce and Riley some Christmas presents oh, here. Sh- oh, snap. So pass this around, Dave. This goes to Riley. Oh, man. This goes to Bryce. Yes. Oh, wow. And Dave, not to leave you out, I also brought you something. <laughs> wow. Dave, why don't you tell everybody at home what that is? It is a poster of the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. This is Bizarre Tourism Department. Explore time and space. Sail nature's wormhole. This oh, is, that is uh, so cool. And this is all by Tyson from Maiden Voyage Clothing Co., who did the patch on our logo. Oh, my gosh. We went out to Claremont, California yesterday. They had He was part of an art sale there. And, Dave, I also got this for you because I knew you were looking at it. Oh, nice. It's another patch. <laughs> Look at that. Cryptozoology Tracking Society, the fur-bearing trout, and you can actually touch it. It's a trout with, a fu- with fuzzy white fur yeah. on it. Oh, that's so great. And that's so a peel-away, Dave. It's, a stick, it's more of a sticker. Don't iron it on oh, because you'll melt nice. the fur. Okay. So. You put that on your UFO. Yeah. Thank uh, you. And then, uh, so, uh, Br- uh, Bryce and what? Riley, open up your... Yeah, pass your that to Mike. Guys. Mike, I got oh, you something. Oh, well, that's very sweet. <laughs> now, Dave, last minute I knew you were coming. I didn't have anything for Wait, you. open oh, up your present. Oh, I will. Okay. But Do I'm it right now. Something. Yes, where is it? I handed it to you. All right, here, here I go. I'm opening... This is also from Maiden Voyage. Oh, <laughs> look at that. That's awesome. Oh, dude. Got a Mothman shirt. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, that's great. 
It's your oh moth, glow in the dark Mothman T-shirt too. Oh, yeah, dope, <laughs> wicked in the shape of the classic Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. Batman. And then uh, there should be something else, a little something else in there. Look around okay. in the bag. There's something oh, else for you there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I got a bumper sticker. I break with my big foot for cryptids. Oh yeah, yeah. that's going on my car. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Well, speaking of maiden voyage, maybe pop that thing. Oh, up. right on. Oh, dude, <laughs> if this is what I think it is. I may have almost gotten this for you yesterday. I recognize the size of the box. <laughs> Great minds think alike, you know. And Riley, you can open that one that I got you. And Dave, all I got you was a lame headshot. <laughs> but I wanted to get you something and not empty-handed, so oh wow, Thanks, I signed man. it. Dave, I want I want you to believe. Oh, nice. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's my go-to. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding an enormous, beautifully wrapped gift right now. I'm yeah, oh, and I forgot about I have away. Yeti oh, on yeah. my uh, wrapping. Yeah, paper. so yeah, Riley's got a big oh, gift. Michael's dude, got I was a... looking at these. Oh, good. I decided to go with T-shirts for you guys. This is the Maiden Voyage uh, UFO, UFO abduction, abduction pin. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love this. Did you order this? Online? I did. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So this dude, is thank a thank you. Yes, uh, my gift to you, man. Thank you for bringing oh, this dude. into my life. <laughs> I love this. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, man. This has been so everyone. Fun. Describe what the little. Oh pin yeah. Is. So the pin is it's this. Uh, yeah, we'll put a or on silver it. pin. It's of a it's three dimensional of a UFO beaming a little man that you can slide up and yeah, down all the way. Slides right up into the UFO into the flying saucer. It's super fifties. Yeah. We'll take we'll take uh, photos of all these yeah. gifts. And now Riley's, oh, Riley's digging into his. Oh no, you don't box. have to open that. That's it. Is what it is. <laughs> it's a it's a Riley Bray Studio sandbag. And there's wait, look, flip it around. Six more of those in my car. Oh, well, look at that. You got yeah. you a bunch of sandbags oh, for your mic stands. The, the mic stands fall yeah. over a lot for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so it's a suggestive. No, no. I think it's, and they work for floods, too. I know you're here in the it's canyons. Like, it's like and, when your aunt gives you a toilet treat gift. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking maybe you want that. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, well, uh, oh, that's great, man. I'm glad. This has been a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much for uh, spending yes. the year or the past few months that... Uh, is 2017 for the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, on Friday, we are going to have our first Listener Files episode, so you get a bonus episode at the end of this week. Before we go, Dave, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at WDaveKeith, and I have a podcast called Taco the Town. If you are interested in taco places in Kansas City, I know Kansas City is famous for its barbecue, but I'm trying to make Kansas City famous for its tacos. Also, just on, if yeah. you like tacos, listen to it. Uh, uh, and we I'm talk the, a I'm lot first... of tacos. We go in depth on tacos. <laughs> and I'm in the first episode. Yeah, Michael's the guest on the first episode, and uh, so check it out. It's very fun. It's I on iTunes every and everywhere Perfect. else you can find. You don't podcasts. have to be in KC to appreciate it. It's oh, a very nice. fun show. Yeah. I love a taco, so I'm I'm your man. Yeah, um, uh, Bryce, anything to plug? Yeah, totally. Follow us on social media because it plays a nice little fun part with the show. We post a lot of pictures and interesting things that we do. Along with our episode. So you can find us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and we're on Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club and we're also on Facebook at Bigfoot Collectors Club. Yeah, and if you're listening, if you found the show because you're a crazy ex-girlfriend fan, uh, next month is going to be all for you guys as well as the paranormal community. So please share that with all of your friends and uh, on social media. Uh, thank you so much to Riley Bray, always. Yep. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Riley. Merry Christmas, Riley. Merry Christmas, you guys. And uh, as always, 
always, our music is from the song Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you on Friday for a bonus episode. See you there. Happy New Year, everybody. Yep. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy holidays. Year. Dave, do a, do a Santa Bigfoot. Come on. That was it. Oh, <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Bigfoot Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya. <laughs> Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.